Welcome to Word on the Way, Church of the Cross's daily reading podcast. COTC is an Anglican church in and for Northeast Dawson, rooted in Scripture, guided by ancient practices, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. The next few minutes will feature a reading of Scripture appointed for today, a short reflection on it from a member of our community, and prayer informed by the passage. Our hope is that in these moments you will encounter Jesus, the Living Word. This is Peter Coelho and Josh Eby. Josh is here with me. Josh does not go to Church of the Cross, but is a friend of mine and is the executive director and founder of Vita House, which uh, I've had the privilege of teaching a couple different classes at. Josh, could you tell us a little bit about Vita House? Yeah, so Vita House is a ministry that exists to support uh, institutions and organizations, uh, churches and nonprofits, and to train their leaders uh, in and for cross-cultural love. And so our heartbeat is really asking the question, what does it entail to raise up missionary leaders for our world? And we're defining our world um, in terms of connecting with diverse, uh, displaced, and distressed communities. Uh, How might the church really connect uh, in those communities and raise up leaders in and for those communities? So I'm teaching a class on pastoral care, and Sean McCain, who's a rector of Res South Austin, is teaching a class on like worship and liturgics, um, and it's just a really cool ministry. The website, is it vitahouse.org? Yes. Okay. Uh, and then tell us something else about yourself. You, How long have you been here in Austin? Yeah, so this is our second time living in Austin. Um, I graduated from seminary in 2002, and we moved here. And I was on staff uh, at Redeemer Presbyterian Church, uh, which is now in East Austin. At the time, it was in Central Austin. Um, And we did not stay in Austin long, um, not because we didn't love Austin, but just because God took us elsewhere. So joined a church planning team and then also joined a missionary team before coming back to Austin. So we were missionaries in Peru came back to Austin in 2010 to start Vita House. Um, And so uh, a little bit more about myself. Uh, Grew up in the church, um, grew up in a very diverse context within the church, Uh, grew up in a very diverse family. Uh, I've got three adopted siblings that are all uh, mixed race, biracial siblings. Um, And so I've always had a heart for, um, you know, diverse uh, communities. And um, we've got five kids. Our, we've been married for over 25 years now. Our oldest is 24. Uh, our second is 23. We've got uh, a 19-year-old um, in college out of Austin, a uh, 17-year-old in high school, um, and then uh, a 10-year-old in fourth grade. So been in Austin now for 10 years and um, want to stay here. Uh, we really believe God is calling us to put deep roots here. That's super cool. And that sounds like you have a lot going on in your life. Thanks so much for joining us. We're going to read the passage. Today's reading is from Matthew chapter 19, verse 16, through to chapter 20, verse 16. I'm reading from the ESV. And behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go 
Sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then Peter said in reply, See, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my namesake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them out into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, you go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went, going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a Daenerys? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first last. The word of the Lord. All right, so Josh, we just heard the that lengthy passage from the Gospel of Matthew, the kind of Jesus' interaction with, with the rich young man, and then the parable about laborers in the vineyard and the owner's generosity. And I guess I'd just be curious, like what kind of sticks out to you? What thoughts? Anything you want to talk about? Yeah, so I think what sticks out to me is that you have a uh, in-person example followed by a parable. Mm. So starting with the in-person example of this rich young man or rich young ruler, uh, he asked Jesus um, a question, or Jesus asked him a question, uh, why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you enter life, keep the commandments. So this idea, I think, around what is good Mm -hmm. is driving at this interaction with the rich young ruler. And Jesus, I think, says to him, what is good is that you live your whole life out of generosity, Mm -hmm. uh, that you embody a gift economy. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, everything that you've received in your wealth and your prosperity has been given to you as a gift to be a wise steward of. Mm -hmm. And uh, this man, for whatever reason, is unable or unwilling to uh, be generous with the gifts that have been entrusted to him. 
And so he goes away um, uh, sorrowful. Um, and then I think what strikes me is at the end of it, um, Jesus says, the many who are first will be last and last will be first. Then Jesus goes into this parable and I think the parable really picks up on this interaction with the rich young ruler, uh, you know, thinking about the question, what is good? Mm -hmm. And it's this uh, a vineyard owner who is truly good. Uh, think of his generosity. Yeah. He's hiring laborers for his vineyard throughout the day. Isn't yeah. that good? Isn't yeah. that like generous? Uh, he has this heart of saying, hey, I've got work for you to do. Mm -hmm. um, and then notice at the very end, uh, the people start to grumble and complain based on the generosity that they've agreed to. Uh, and uh, which is not good, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the vineyard owner is being good to say, uh, these are the terms. Um, this is what I'm going to give to you for working in my vineyard. And this final question, I think that ties together, uh, you know, why do you ask me about what is good? Um, uh, why do you begrudge my generosity? And then this repetition, so last will be first. Uh, and the first shall be last. Yeah. So I think what strikes me is that these are two you know, stories, one an in-person example and one a parable of the heart of God mm. to say, if you're going to belong to me, you have to live out of my generosity mm. and you have to adopt you know, a gift economy. And in the kingdom, uh, the, 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 the kingdom of Christ is the only place where a gift economy actually works, right. um, where we see God's generous heart to us and then we who receive that heart need to take this posture of being last and not seeking to be first. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. And uh, I guess I want, I have one kind of like clarification for those of us listening and then one kind of follow-up question to you, Josh, that maybe you could help us with. But this is the kind of note is like the agreed amount that the owner of the vineyard makes to pay to all of them is like a day's wages. So it's not like the people who worked all day were deprived in any way. Like they were given like a just fair kind of compensation. And so that just maybe adds a little bit of like, it's just helpful to know because you might think like, oh, okay, like the people who started the 11th hour got an hourly wage. And actually the people who worked all day are frustrated because they didn't get paid for this efficient labor, even though they maybe agreed to it. But the picture is not of that. Like the picture is they're begrudging his generosity to these people who worked only an hour but got a day's wages even though they were fairly compensated and so it kind of like reveals maybe the the mirror side the the failure of what josh is talking about about the failure to live out of this sense of my needs are being taken care of how much better and how much more praiseworthy that these other people's needs are also being taken care of there's there's a, a scarcity mentality there for sure yeah, and I think that ties into kind of this kingdom generosity that you have in the parable, a picture of God who is just abundantly generous yeah. to everybody. Yeah. Like he's generous to the people that come early in the day and yeah. he's generous to people coming late in the day. Mm -hmm. And then contrast that to the rich young ruler who refuses to be generous. Yeah, yeah. And I think the, the, the issue, uh, this is important because I think some people read the rich young ruler and kind of focus on, well, it's hard to be rich in a Christian. And right. like, yes, it is. <laughs> um, right? We, we want to yeah, take yeah. Jesus, you know, words at face value. But as you read the scripture, like there are plenty of wealthy people yeah. that God calls into his kingdom. Mm -hmm. The issue is, are you going to be generous uh, with what's been entrusted to yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. And the rich young ruler says, no, I'm not. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to refuse to share because yeah, yeah. uh, I believe it belongs to me rather than uh, being a conduit for which I can receive God's grace and then give God's grace to others. Yeah, yeah. And that, I think, relates to like his sorrow about what Jesus challenges him to do or calls him to do relates to like Jesus' answer 
to Peter's question about like, we've given everything up, like what, what, what's in it for us kind of thing, or what will we have? And it seems to me that Jesus makes this, uh, both the sorrow and Jesus comment about like those who have followed me, um, who have left houses and brothers is acknowledging like this is there, this there's cost here. There is difficulty perhaps. And this is not an easy thing in and of ourselves to do. Um, and so I think like, but the abundance of what is received is so worth it. And the character of God, uh, his ability to provide his desire to be generous, um, makes whatever sorrowful cost or sorrow that we might feel about leaving something, um, worth it. There's so much more for us in the gift economy, as Josh says. Okay. So the kind of question I had just as we kind of turn toward close, that's both for maybe you as listeners and for the Holy spirit to like kind of guide you in, but Josh would be interested in your thoughts is like, what might, as you think about like our context, 21st century Austin living today, um, what might it look like for us in our various situations to embody this kind of uh, generosity and then live out of God's generosity and extend it to others? Yeah, well, uh, maybe taking the parable first and then going to the in-person example. I, I think that uh, we have to know that we belong to a generous God mm. and that God has been abundantly gracious to us in everything uh, and to receive uh, all of God's gifts truly as gifts, truly mm. as grace, the gift of creation, uh, the gift of redemption, the gift of his word, the gift of his spirit, the gift of community, um, that we are recipients of God's grace. And when we truly uh, receive that, then we can become, you know, like Peter uh, that says, hey, like we, we've actually given up some things to follow you. Yes, but but we've given them up not out of a sense of sadness uh, because we've lost something, but rather out of a sense of a deeper joy because we belong to a, a far better story than just accumulating toys for ourselves. Yeah. And uh, we belong to this story that is leading toward new heavens and new, new earth. earth. And we now, as people, can be generous. Uh, you know, in the Vita House context, it's toward diverse and distressed and displaced communities um, because we belong to this God who is uh, ultimately doing this great work of grace and generosity in his world. Yeah. So the more that we connect to who we are, our identity found in belonging to God, then the more than I think we can actually participate in being generous and embodying, uh, you know, kingdom values in his world. That's good. That really ministered to me and I hope it ministered to you. And I guess, yeah, like related to that, I think that maybe if there's two kind of invitations that I think the Lord might have for us would be in both those directions is like, are there, is there a way for you today to kind of, um, live in greater awareness of God's generosity, his generous character. Um, are there ways that you'd identify? You're like, oh, I am, I, I don't believe that, or I'm not like walking out of that kind of knowledge. Um, and is there a way to kind of like course correct in that? And then the second kind of prompt would be like, is there a way for you to, out of that posture and out of that reception of what God's given to you, give to others? Is there someone in your life that you might extend yourself in generosity, um, in Christ likeness, in reflecting the character of God? And so uh, I just encourage you in both of those kind of ways of uh, receiving and also extending generosity in God's gift economy. Thanks so much for spending the time with us, Josh. Of course. Thank you. Uh, all right. We're going to close in prayer. It's a general thanksgiving from the book of common prayer. Accept, O Lord, our thanks and praise for all that you have done for us. We thank you for the splendor of the whole creation, for the beauty of this world, 
for the wonder of life and the mystery of love. We thank you for the blessing of family and friends and for the loving care which surrounds us on every side. We thank you for setting us at tasks which demand our best efforts and for leading us to accomplishments which satisfy and delight us. We thank you for all those disappointments and failures that lead us to acknowledge our dependence on you alone. Above all, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, for the truth of his word, the example of his life, for his steadfast obedience by which he overcame temptation, for his dying through which he overcame death, and for his rising to life again, in which we are raised to the life of your kingdom. Grant us the gift of your Spirit, that we may know Christ and make him known, and through him at all times and in all places may give thanks to you in all things. Amen. I hope you enjoyed that prayer. It seemed timely in relation to God's gift economy that Josh explained for us. I want to say thanks again to Josh for joining us. And also wanted to highlight for you that a student at Vita House is Chris McKinley, a member of our own community. And you can keep Chris and the other students at Vita House in prayer. And be sure to check out vitahouse.org if you're interested in learning more. Thanks for listening. Check out cotcaustin.org to learn more about our community or to connect with us further. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.